1: Hello, Steph. Hi, Michael. So, Jibby Tech is on hiatus right now because we've just released the book and we don't have new episodes just yet. In fact, Jake is taking some very well-deserved holidays, so we can say whatever we want about him on mic. But what I thought we would do is we aren't the only podcast talking about anime, and so we could use this opportunity to recommend a podcast made by our friends and colleagues that maybe people can listen to. Well, do text on hiatus?
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's called Animator Zed. And the hosts, Shailen Go and Beck Hill, kind of talk about anime in each episode with a special guest. They've already covered something that we've been maybe trying to work out if we could ever talk about because it's so huge, Neon Genesis Evangelion. So they've already covered the movies and I think have a little bit of chat about the TV show as well. Um, So if that's something that you're interested in, then definitely... It's worth a listen.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. It's got an interesting dynamic at the heart of it. So Shay Lingo, the musician, very into... His anime. I think he's watched, is it every episode of One Piece or every episode of Naruto? One of those massive <laughs> long running series. Um, meanwhile, Beck Hill, a uh, comedian, uh, CITV presenter, she just launched her new CITV like Art Attack style program this week. That's kind of cool. She watched a lot of anime growing up, but is a bit of a lapsed fan, never went too deep. So it's a little bit almost like the attack. Dynamic, but uh, starting with Evangelion is quite a tall order. That show, that whole media franchise and then the rebuild films, quite a thing to get your teeth around. But some of the guests they have on are pretty fun. There's David Leslie. Hearing him speak about the symbolism of Evangelion takes me right back to being trapped at a house party in a corner with the world's biggest evangelion fan who absolutely needs to tell you (laughs) (laughs) all of the subtext all of the themes at play so it's a lot of fun to be had on the show and i can't wait to hear what they tackle in the future
0: yeah definitely so if you like the sound of that here's beck hill giving us a little bit more information on the podcast Hey there, Ghibliotech listener. I'm comedian Beck Hill, one of the hosts of Animator Z, a new podcast that's all about anime.
3: And I'm rapper Shay Lingo. I'm a big anime lover, and together we're on an anime odyssey right now.
0: Oh yeah, we're talking giant robots.
3: And epic Viking battles.
0: And a whole lot more. So whether you're an anime otaku, otaku, is that right, Shay?
3: You go Yeah.
0: Or you're more anime curious like me, have a listen to to Z. Here's a little taste of what you'll hear. Before we dig into the core of the discussion in the same way that nerve digs into the core of the earth. See, I was paying attention. Uh, <laughs> let's, uh, I loved and hated that. I, I'm not, It's for you, Shay. <laughs> There's plenty more where that came from. I love, I love me a, a pun. I love me a gag. Uh, Strap yourself in. Let's go. But I need some more background. So Shay, who even comes up with stuff like Evangelion?
3: A man called Hideaki Anno. That's who comes out with that. He's the chief creator of both the original Neon Genesis Evangelion series and the rebuild of Evangelion films as well. And is credited as the key animator, supervising director and production designer.
0: Oh, do you know what that reminds me of? Remember, did you ever do media studies in school? Yeah. You know, when you like do a project and you you do all the work and you have to like team up with other people and they yeah. don't pull their weight. Yeah. So you put your name on all the credits so the teacher knows that <laughs> you did all <laughs> of it. it that's really how I felt like, that's what I feel like Anna's done there.
3: I mean, he's there's a lot of him in it. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. it, and it comes from such a very, very tangible and real set of emotions and traumas and problems that i think he faces and and pushes across very well in in the in the series and the and the films mm. so i can imagine he probably had to take a lot of these roles
0: yeah well yeah cuz uh, you and i were chatting before we started recording about the fact that we both tend to create in in all sort of senses cuz uh, what we do even though it's very different is so personal and so like from a comedic side i'm used to not only like writing my stand up shows but i Will produce them. I'll market them. I'll do like I'll do every side of it because I want to be in control because it's so personal to me. It's my life, Mm -hmm. and you have the same thing with with your music, and so I yeah I get it. I I I get him
3: definitely. I I feel like even even with music, it's so inherently personal to to who you are in its most pure forms. You know what I mean? Like, and and a lot of a lot of that purity comes from your pain. Do you know what I mean? It comes from whether you're trying to make people laugh with your pain or you're trying to make people just kind of understand and have an insight to that pain or enjoy your pain in some capacity to help them understand it because of of the way you've decided to, the medium you've decided to communicate that in. Do you know what I mean? I think people very much respond most naturally to emotions and emotions that they can't necessarily share in the most regular or kind of casual of ways. So extravagant or more dramatic or thematic ways of communicating that pain or communicating those issues or, or those good times in, wh- in whatever capacity is always going to kind of hit the view or hit the fan or hit the eye in a way, especially if they haven't They don't have any other outlets for that, do you know what I mean? Or haven't seen any other outlets or examples of that up until this point. And then it's just about how you do it.
0: So is there anything else that Hideki has made?
3: Yeah, so we started out as a key animator on a couple of the Studio Ghibli films, including Grave of the Fireflies and Noshka of the Valley of the Wind. Oh, right.
0: Now, that's really interesting because Noshka of the Valley of the Wind is my favourite anime.
3: Okay. Absolute
0: favourite. Didn't know he worked on it. Like, it's my favourite. But I couldn't tell you who the key animator was. <laughs> That's because like I watch them, I don't really like look at the credits, which is a terrible thing to say as an artist. Um, but I I love that film and one of the reasons I love it is because it's it's um it's fantastic storytelling. It's got all of the emotional arc, the journey, everything that you want. It's got an incredible female protagonist, but also like other women in it who have like different sort of personalities, which is rare in anime. But, of course, in the Evangelion well, in the first one that we've watched, I mean, the women are immediately highly sexualized. Yeah, immediately. uh, And I remember thinking, oh, that's a shame, you know. And so to know that he'd also worked on something that is an earlier, that's so progressive in that sense, there's a little part of me that's like, oh, I get that you want to tell your story, mate, but I'm sure you could put more women in there. But the big similarity is, as soon as I saw the angels, mm. I was like, oh, that looks like one of the God Warriors. Mm. You know, the massive God Warrior they have at the end of Nausicaa. It was like, shoots fire out its mouth and everything. Yeah. And I was like, oh, because it's sort of half flesh, half like uh, something mechanical about it, you know. So, yeah, uh, that makes sense now that, that there's that connection. Yeah, so that's interesting. I, I didn't realise that, uh, that Hideko's stuff went back that far. Mm. And obviously there was a TV series.
3: Yeah, and it was definitely considered to be one of the most influential anime of its time. Obviously, it came out in 1995. There was 26 episodes of it. I know there was parts of it, like some other anime, where fans were left a little bit unhappy towards the end.
0: Yeah, which is so classic with with anything that people love. Like, I feel like any cult TV show, there's people who don't like the ending because it's so hard to yeah. get it right.
3: I mean, we could list off the names. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Do you, Is that why Anu did the did the remakes then did the films
3: yeah so to kind of reimagine or to to reconstruct what they know to be um the ending or the storyline i guess was his way of kind of readdressing that issue and showing how how much it means to him that the the messages come across in the right ways Do you know? yeah what
0: I mean? and i get that as well because i've just started to write books for the first time i um, mean for Eight to 12 year olds, so you know I'm not like <laughs> cracking out the Tolkien-esque novels or anything but it's my first experience doing that and when I finished the first one I started working on the second one working on the second one I realized there's a lot of stuff that I'd learned that is like a, a better way of writing and but by the time I'd learned that you know the first book's already being printed so I'm like Oh, I can't change that. Yeah, can't and like the first book's Obviously, if it was awful, they mm. wouldn't have let me print, get it printed. But like, it. I wish I could go back and you know rewrite it because I'm a perfectionist, and I get the feeling yeah. that Anna is a perfectionist as well. Yep. Considering all of
3: the, I mean, you kind of have to. Be, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You kind of <laughs> have to be to have to take all of those roles, and then also to take all of those roles again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, to kind of re, yeah. to then remake it into into something that you understand to be now not just a remaking but a different communication with your fans because if they continue to be unhappy at that point maybe do you know what i mean or they don't agree with the fact that you've you've remade it or whatever the case may be it 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 becomes another conversation and another one and another one and really as an artist all you're trying to do is communicate and feel like you've communicated with 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 an amount of people that kind of help you understand and continue to communicate your own journey past a certain point do you know what i mean as well as unpack and and, and, and visit things that you might not be able to visit or haven't been able to visit in the normal world in in the regular kind of ether of life, which is why you're at this point, do you get me? Which is why you're creating to unpack, especially when, when you're touching on topics of mental health and trauma and PTSD and trying to explore all of these different things in such symbolistic and kind of representative and me- metaphoric ways. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think he's done a fantastic job.
0: So the first film came out in 2007. Mm-hmm. What were you doing in 2007?
3: In 2007, I was watching Naruto. I was watching Death Note. I'm a big Death Note fan. Yeah. Um, I
0: got into Death Note through the live action version. yeah and then like no because it's just like i was flicking channels and it was playing i can't remember what channel Mm. and i was like what is this but that's when i was like oh this is interesting let's watch the anime yeah
3: the anime the anime in um 37 episodes is is definitely one of the best told stories that i've consumed in my life like including movies and series and whatever whatever like I'm I'm like I just think it was written so well and it was pieced together so amazingly and coherently and uniquely and the plot twists are some of the best I've seen in in film and cinema and animation like full stop books including books I've read
0: so like what do you reckon sets Evangelion apart from those
3: I would love to be able to tell you Beck. But there's probably a man that's a lot more qualified in that realm to be able to talk about that. And joining us in the studio to answer that question is news and features editor at British GQ Online, David Leavesley.
2: Oh my God, it is such a pleasure to be here to talk about my favorite thing that nobody ever gets to talk about with me at Beautiful. all
0: you walked in and we were like this guy knows anime like, <laughs> but could you explain to the listeners what you're wearing right now
2: i can indeed so this is a shirt sort of like a like a camp collar shirt like a bowling shirt yep. and it has i think like a knockoff version of broly from dragon ball z Definitely. on it um and i found it in a charity shop and was <gasps> like this moment that this is, is an iconic fashion moment i need to get on this and it's one of those things where people in the street see you and they just go what a weird ironic shirt that that man is wearing but then sometimes like a waitress will be like somebody likes dragon ball z yeah. and i'm like i actually don't she's but. like
0: where's goku <laughs>
2: <laughs> so i mean i also have a hat with on as well so i just really nice. went i really went all out today yeah. um because like anime is one of those things that you never really get to talk about with anybody